The Paul Leslie Hour, helping people tell their stories. And now, your host, Paul Leslie. Hey, it's me. Thanks, as always, for joining us here on the Paul Leslie Hour. Present with us is a singer and songwriter who tells the human story with her songs. Allie Colleen is a graduate of Belmont University, a passionate singer, songwriter, guitarist, recording artist. Her latest single is called Along the Way, has some very poignant lyrics. I suggest you check it out. If you want to support the Paul Leslie Hour, just go to patreon.com slash the Paul Leslie Hour. So, Allie Colleen, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very honored to be to be here with you this morning. It's a pleasure. So, what's new in the world of Allie Colleen? What are you up to at the moment? Well, at the moment, I'm just sitting at home. My husband's playing NHL, which is an Xbox game, and I'm loving on my dogs. But as eventful as it gets around here on a weekend, that's actually a lie. We're almost never home, and we had uh, some plans this weekend to be gone, and then we ended up not. So it's kind of a bear cave weekend for us. We're very excited about it. (laughs) I was thinking as I was listening to some of this music, I was listening to it, and I was thinking about how many voices there are in the world and how when an artist makes a decision to release music, it's like, here I am, world, you know? Exactly. (laughs) And I was curious to know, what's it like for you to release your music and just put it out there for the whole world to hear? The the release process has been a lot tougher than I imagined it would be. You know, I, I, as you said, I went to Belmont University and I, I had to deal with my parents that I would get my degree and all those kind of things before I really pursued this. So we had a lot of time to write songs and to pick what would be our, you know, our first single and what we would come out to the world with, like you're saying. And for us, it was all about the message. And it was all about what's the first thing that this audience is going to know about Allie Colleen as as a singer things on, on her own. And so that's why we chose Work in Progress. as our first release. It's a great little song called Work in Progress. So it just tells you, you know, that I am still absolutely figuring everything out, you know, all those things. I think with the industry and and growing up at Belmont and all of those things, a lot of people tend to think that and assume that I know a lot more than I do. And that is just not the case. You know, it's every day for me is, is figuring it out because this is kind of seems to be one of those industries that you just can't teach yourself enough about. You know, things seem to change like that as soon as you get familiar with one thing, it changes to another and all those things. So for us, it was all about the message and the vocal, you know, was just was just kind of there. And those kind of things. So it was really, really interesting, and we just continue to um, to really figure it out as we go. But it's it's also been just an amazing process, and 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 very relieving, and very um, exciting. And the response has been really, really great for us. When I was listening to that song "Work in Progress," I was thinking about what a universal topic that is. Because I mean, every one of us, we are all a work in progress. Absolutely, I. When I when we chose it, I was like, you know, this is this my, you know, you always get insecure about your stuff. You're always so confident about it, and then it's ready, and you're like, well, wait, is this, you know, is this really <laughs> the one that we should put out, or is this good enough? All those things, and I was thinking, man, this is just something that everyone's going to hear and be like, oh, that's cool. She's working on herself and kind of move on from it. But we have had six year olds and twelve year olds and fifty two year olds and eighty seven year olds and 
26 year olds and all of those just all people from all kinds of walks of life and all these things respond to the song and be like this is this is my song this is exactly where i'm at i've been here before and i'm going to be here again and this is so cool and that was such a cool response for for me to hear when i thought that i was just releasing a song about myself and like you're saying the the response was so great and so open and, and that was really cool to see being that it's such a universal topic it still manages to seem very personal and I'm curious to know, when you're writing a song, how much are you thinking about the people who are going to hear it, the listeners? Songwriting is always different, you know. I'm sure that's an answer that, that you guys get a lot that's actually not very helpful. But um, with Work in Progress, that was one of the few ones that we never once really thought about the outside world on it. That was one of the ones that we really just kind of wrote for me and really wrote about my uh, just how I see life and how, and all those things and work in progress was an interesting life for me. It's, it's one of the songs that I probably have the least amount of lines in myself, which is very different for me. I'm a, I, I tend to be a very, um, I don't want to say aggressive writer, but that's really the only word I can think of. But um, my co-writer Marcus Humman really dove into that song and kind of brought a lot of it to the table. And so that was really interesting too, having it be such a personal song to me and me having wrote almost none of it. I think I wrote the chorus and a couple of those in lines. But most of that was stuff that Marcus had brought in, thinking about my lifestyle and, and how I grew up and all those things and, and those kind of things. So work in progress is a really interesting write for me. But there are some times when we write songs and it's all about, okay, well, what does the listener need today? And what are they going through? And how are they going to hear this? And what are their thoughts going to be on this line? Is it going to keep them where we want them? Or is it going to kind of pull them away and, and confuse them a little? Each song is different, but the listener is very important. I'm hoping you can go into Marcus Hummond a little bit. A lot of the listeners out there, no doubt, they know so many of his songs. Tell us a little bit about what he's like to write with. Marcus is amazing. Marcus is very, very smart. You know, and in and, and, and any conversation, whether you're writing with him or talking to him or whatever, you can always see those gears turning in there, you know. And um, this was actually Marcus and I's second write. We had one write prior to this. We wrote with a friend of ours, Miss Jennifer Wayne, and she had introduced us. And he was so sweet. And he, um, we had never met before. And, and he spent a, a, a lot of the right just kind of talking to me and asking me questions about my career and what I was doing and all those things. And then when we came to the second right, which is when we were when we wrote Work in Progress, me, Marcus, and Greg Beck all sat down. And Marcus, you know, did his modest thing that he always does. And he goes, "Well, do you have anything that?" is really important to you. And, you know, I threw out a couple ideas and some things like that. And he was so sweet. And he goes, yeah, that's nice. Um, I also brought in this and just pulled out this paper that is fully complete and has all the <laughs> lyrics on it. And he goes, this was just something I was thinking about after all of our conversations and looking at you and your son, Aaron, such a special place in your career because you really haven't put stuff out yet. And the talent's there, you know, and, and he was so sweet to say that the talent is, is, is better than expected which is a huge compliment from Marcus. And so um, we just kind of sat down and, and he read off work in progress to me and, and it was so cool and it was so interesting. And he goes, now this needs a chorus. You know, what, what would you like to say to them? You know, what is, how do you wrap all this up with a bow? What's your chorus going to be? And that's when we had just talked about, you know, like I think it all comes down to that. I really am the best that I've ever been, but I'm, I, I, I pray to God that I am not the best that I'll ever be. You know, I don't know what happens after perfection and all that stuff, but it doesn't seem to be very exciting. 
And so Marcus really wanted to chase that rabbit with me. And he was so kind and so sweet. And he's a really great teacher. You know, he'll, he'll be like, that's a really great line, Allie. Good job. He goes, but we can beat that. You know, like, let's, let's keep going. Let's push through this. And he's a very meticulous writer and, and very talented. And once you sat with him in a writing session, it's, it's very clear how all those other songs that we all know and love so well kind of came to be. You know, we know that Marcus had a hand on those. So he was really a dream to work with. What you were just saying, you know, being able to take advice from someone else, listening to someone else, the the input, and then also hearing what someone else says, how important do you think it is when you're an artist to kind of put ego aside and be present with another person? I think it's crucial. At the same time, I think it's 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 a very a thin line, one that you need to tread kind of cautiously. I mean, egos are never good. You know, that should always be something that you can place yourself away from. Otherwise, you're just going to have a tough time. You know, I feel like you're always going to be trying to hammer in a nail that, you know, with a screwdriver. It's just not really going to work the way that you think it's going to. But as far as taking advice from other people, especially when you are as young as I am and as ignorant as I am and (laughs) all those things, it's so important to be able to pull yourself back and listen to those around you especially when they have so much success and experience and all those things as someone like Marcus or any of these other people who have been in the industry for so long that can really, really help a young artist like me. Um, with that said, this industry changes so quickly, as I mentioned earlier, and the streaming and all that stuff is so different as it is now. So I think it's really important too, to just continue to educate yourself constantly and to try and figure out, okay, so where do I fit in this? How do I feel about it? And then you go and you ask, 30 other people what they think and then you just take the bits and pieces that really really work for you and that feel good to your heart you know I think that there's obviously a knowledge and education in this business that's really crucial but there's also just knowing your gut and trusting it and knowing what's good advice and knowing what's bad advice and ultimately I think all that arrives at being able to be like hey guys I think I didn't go about this the right way if when it doesn't work out or hey, guys, I'm so glad that we tried this, but it's just not working. So like, let's hit the drawing board again. You know, this whole industry, I imagine just like other industries, is all about just working together. Honestly, this this whole industry, there's there's not one person in this industry who can do all of these things by themselves. It's just not, it's just not possible, you know, and there's so many strengths and weaknesses to be played off of, too, which are really important um, to know just where you're really good at what you do and also know where you're, you know, kind of maybe not the best at what you do. And that's when you find that person who is. And and I really do think it's all about teamwork in this industry. Very well spoken. Thank you. (laughs) I wanted to know, you used the word educate a few times there. And Belmont University, you are a graduate from there. This might be a tough question, but what would you say is the most valuable thing you learned there? I don't want to say it in a a negative way, but... I think one of the greatest things that that I took from Belmont is not necessarily how to do your work, but how to do your work in the way that the leader wants you to do it. I don't know if that makes sense, but, you know, at Belmont and any kind of school thing, it really doesn't come down to what you know or what you studied or any of those things. It comes down to doing something in a way that your professor or your peers or whatever has asked you to do it. And that was a really hard thing to put myself in um, for a while. But then it all it all comes down to different views and perspective, I think, is really what it teaches you. You know, it, it teaches you to put yourself in other people's 
places and it teaches you to take yourself out of it, like you said earlier, and just put that ego aside. And I think just the experience of going to school at Belmont and learning so many different cultures, which is crazy because it doesn't seem like there would be that big of a difference between a school in Nashville, Tennessee, and your little town in Oklahoma where you grew up and, and all those things. But there was such a cultural difference among the people at Belmont. I think for the first time I was in a place where everyone was from different places and we'd all been raised so differently and we'd all been through so many different things that um, you just really learned how different people are and you kind of learned from a cultural perspective, but still wasn't a culture shock because we're all still, you know, from middle of America kind of thing, pursuing music. And I think just, just learning how to set back and really learn about the people around you before you speak was a really big thing that I learned at Belmont and just, like you said earlier, just taking yourself out of all the equations and just kind of looking at everything. So it's almost like you look at Belmont like songwriting, right? Everything's about your audience and who you're around. And that helped me a lot, industry speaking, just to to learn the people around you and to care about them enough to understand what you're going into and, and those kind of things. I don't know if any of that really made sense, but I learned a lot about people and I learned a lot about myself at Belmont. And I'm sure I learned something education-wise, too, you know, as far as the classes I took. But that doesn't resonate with me quite as much. Hmm. I'm curious to know, you have a very distinct voice, kind of similar to a lot of the folk musicians, which I really I really enjoy. Who would you say are your biggest influences as a singer? I have a really interesting vocal to me. I'm sure we all say that, you know. But... My influences as a kid were so different. My, my, I, I grew up in a split household, and I saw my parents the exact same amount. So we switched every single day. So every single day, it was almost like I had different music influences going on. So my mama, for reasons maybe that you can understand, did not listen to country music, right? Listen to absolutely everything but country music. So she brought in all the 2000s pop um, artists. She loved them. She loved Sierra and Nelly and 50 Cent and all of those people who were just really going in the R&B pop world and all those things. And um, Mariah Carey was a big one for me that she had kind of brought into my life. And then my dad, on the other hand, did not listen to radio in the car. And if we played music at home, it was probably going to be Ray Travis or James Taylor or Amy Lennox or a lot of just those old kind of classic stuff. So there wasn't Aside from James Taylor and Rennie Travis, there was not a lot of country going on um, in my household growing up. And um, so I, I really learned all those different things. Michael Jackson had a huge impression on me as a kid. Um, I think I sat in my closet and listened to Christina Aguilera for like hours and hours and just tried to learn how she did those vocal runs and things like that. So it's so interesting to say that probably none of my influences were country and they definitely weren't very folky either. So I'm not really sure where my vocal came from, but if I had to pin it down to one artist, I had really bad dreams as a kid and my mom brought me the CD to listen to at night when I couldn't sleep and all those things. And it was Jody Messina. And I think that she is just the greatest thing on the planet. And the way that she tells her stories and the way that she it's almost like she just speaks to you, you know, she kind of has one of those vocals where it's very narrative, but at the same time, it's powerful and it's beautiful. And so I had her and Danny O'Neill and the George Strait Run album were my three that I listened to when I had bad dreams as a kid. And I think that they actually had a much bigger influence on me than I realized. Hmm. It's an interesting combination of influences. <laughs> when you look at this, the songwriters 
that you would say you have the most respect for, who would they be? You know, this is a, a question that I don't feel like I'm very educated on. I um, I was one of those kids that even though I grew up in a, in a music household and everyone thinks that I understand all these things about music, it took me a really long time to understand the artists didn't write their stuff. Coming from, you know, the 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 one person in my life who was most active in music wrote his own stuff. So it took me a really ta- a long time to understand that a lot of my favorite songs were not written by the Dixie Chicks and were not written by Miss Jody and were not written by all those things, right? So I'm not sure, but now looking at it now and and knowing what I know now, really the writers that I look up to the most are my friends that I know and that I that I that I live that I live this life with and all those things and I think that one of them, for instance, I don't know if anyone would really know, be familiar with her yet, but I hope one day that they are. Her name's Kelly Johnson, and she's amazing. And she has such an, an empathetic way of writing where she can put herself in what seems to be anyone's situation and not only write about it, but also really care about it. And I think that's so cool. I think that's one of the coolest traits of songwriters is when you can write about something that you've never lived, you've never experienced it, you've never even touched it. And not only can you write about it, but you can really, really care about it and you can be moved. And I think that's so important. But right now, one of the writers that I am just in awe of consistently is Ashley McBride. I think she's amazing. And the way that she chooses to say things and the way that she chooses to look at them um, is magical. I mean, to grow up right now and try and do this and pursue this and have a song like a girl going nowhere. That's like all the nutrients you need for life. I mean, that's, you can live off that song for years, you know, if you needed to. And she's so cool and she's so special. And she's a huge one for for obvious reasons. Garth Brooks, the greatest songwriter <laughs> to me on the planet. One that comes from just, I've never seen someone work so hard to write a song. He He only works off of perfect rhymes, which is really difficult as far as you have a whole story and you have all the vocabulary of the world and you're going to limit yourself only to things that rhyme perfectly and a hundred percent. And that's just, that's just diligence right there. And that's an amazing thing to look at as well. So I'm just now kind of in that place in my life where I'm going back and I'm looking at the people that wrote all the stuff that I love and really just now kind of getting really an appreciation for them, especially with the industry being different and things like that. But Songwriters are just the coolest things on the planet. <laughs> I have to agree with you there. <laughs> <laughs> I've often said on my show that the songwriter is the star. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. I wish the industry saw them that way. I wish there was a little more importance, I guess, is maybe the word I'm looking for, for songwriters right now. It, it seems to, to not be that way, but I hope it comes back around. Why do you think that is? I mean, we wouldn't have songs without songwriters. So why would songwriters get the short end of the stick? You know, unfortunately, I think it all just is a business, you know, and I think that right now the market and and what everyone is seeming to be wanting as far as what radio is getting behind and what they are promoting and all those things, there's just really no substance you know every song to me kind of seems to be about the same thing and that's not putting any any shade or anything like that on any of the writers right now who who are on you know the top 40 or the top 100 because they're smart they're doing exactly what the market wants you know which is 
which is also a really impressive thing about songwriters is, you know, they can write anything in the world, but they're going to look out there at that market and they're going to look at it and they're going to give you exactly what's already out there. And it's, I think it really all comes down, Paul, to just this business strategy. And I'm sure you know this, anytime you are trying to mix creativeness and art and all of those things that really don't tend to have a monetary value with a business that makes millions and millions of dollars a year um, and is one of our country's greatest exports. I think music actually might be one of our, I think it might be the top, if not the top three of our greatest exports. And when you think about it that way, it's just a business, you know, and in business, it almost seems like the person responsible for creating it is almost never appreciated the way that they should be. And I think that that's just a business thing. And I'm hoping that one day it comes around, but I don't know if it will, but that's when songwriters are resilient and, and, and they write anyway, you know, I don't think, I don't think we would change what we were doing if we made a penny or if we made a grand, you know, this is, it's kind of in us. And I don't know about everyone else, but I don't personally have a choice. Hmm. I have to write songs. You know, I, I feel like I have a duty to write songs and a purpose to write songs. And I hope that, I hope that that's how a lot of songwriters feel because I do not want them to stop. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) With all the different things that you do from singing, recording, performing for an audience, writing songs. Do you have a favorite part in music? I think performing is definitely my heart. You know, performing is just that time for me when everything seems to make sense. You know, as a, as a young girl, I was never very confident in myself, you know, physically or any of those things. And I was always smart, but I, I wasn't ever, you know, the smartest. And I, I was an athlete, but I wasn't ever the fastest, you know, anything like that. And and music has always been that thing that I have really, really stood out in. And, and I've always been very good at it. I've always worked very hard at it. So when I get to go up there and sing, it's the prettiest I've ever felt. And it's it's the most home I've ever felt. And not only that, but to feel that way about doing it and then to look down and, you know, you see a girl that's eight years old like you were when you started this whole thing and just know that you're showing her that she can do whatever she wants. And then also looking over at an 87 year old woman and knowing that she's, she's lining right up with you with work in progress. And she feels the exact same way, you know, years and years down the road from where you are now. There's something so special about that. And so it just crosses all of those boundaries that we have in our culture, you know, and all those things, it crosses all languages and it crosses all of those things. And it's so special and it makes me feel really important. And I think that's the greatest thing, honestly, for, for, for a, a human to feel is important and seen and, and acknowledged. And when I perform, I feel that way. And it's so special. Um, there's also something so beautiful about that first right to the first work tape to the first time that that song is done. And you get to sit down and put yourself equally in between those left and right speakers and listen and just see what you've done and see how many people have touched something that you thought no one would ever relate to. And that's beautiful. But beyond all of that stuff, I mean, just the performance part for me is, it's just the best. Well, at the beginning of the show, I put all these labels on you that you're a singer, a songwriter, a guitarist, a recording artist. Who would you say Allie Colleen is at heart? Allie Colleen is a cool kid. I mean, that can sound funny, but cool kids are are resilient and and they bounce back and they're kind of like weeds. 
you might not want us around, but then you'll then you'll you'll learn that we have a kind of a greater purpose that's kind of important, and we care about people, and we care about people's stories, and we care enough to sit down and write an anthem for nurses if they want one. You know, we're not going to write about trucks and girls and drinking because that story's been told, and there are so many stories that haven't been told. So I guess maybe the better the better title would be a storyteller. You know, that's that's who Allie Colleen. Allie Colleen wants to know your story and she wants to write about it and she wants to give you a song. You know, Paul, I don't know if you've ever had like a song, you know, but Taylor Swift was so good at this and still is. But when you turn 15 and it's your freshman year and you're walking through those doors and you're terrified and you don't know anybody and then you hear a song like 15 come on and you're like, this is me. And it gives you a purpose and it makes you feel seen by everybody because everybody's also singing 15 and 22 and all of her songs that just, you know that she wrote them for a mask, but you also know that she wrote that song for you. That's the coolest thing in the world. And for someone to take the time and to do that for somebody is so cool and it's so special. And it's just kind of a love that we don't really seem to have in in our culture really widespread anymore a lot of stuff is about business which makes sense you know it it does but it's a little disheartening sometimes and so to have people that are storytellers and that care about you know like I said I use the reference of nurses a lot because I just feel like there's so many songs to be written about men and women of service and all those things and they need their song and so um I guess she's a songwriter I think Ellie Colleen is a or I'm sorry a storyteller and that's very very important to to me that everyone feels seen. I think that's such a huge thing. Hmm. Absolutely. I always like to give the artist who's the guest on this show the stage at the end. A very open-ended question, I know, but we just never know who's listening in this day and time. We don't know when. We don't know where they are. So for anyone who's tuned in, What would you say to that person who's hearing this? Well, what I would say that you're doing an amazing job at whatever you're doing. I think social media nowadays has become such just a highlight reel. And I know that term is used a lot, but I think it's perfect. It's a highlight reel and and we're all comparing our lives to each other. I mean, I cleaned my house yesterday. And I looked at my baseboards and they're so dirty. And I thought, wow, I, as a woman of a household, have kind of failed. And two, I remember that picture of that woman's house that I saw last week on Instagram that looked spot clean. And it probably wasn't even her home, you know? So I, I want everybody to know that you are doing amazing. You know, I, I'm, I'm hardly grown up at all, but the, the older I get, you know, there's so many things that go into, you know, adulting and life and stuff that I didn't realize. And for anyone who has kids and anyone who has a job and anyone who just gets out of bed in the morning, you are doing so good. And I'm so proud of you. And I think that, like I said, everyone's story is important to me. And I, and I want you to feel seen and not only by me, but our most recent release along the way. You know, I wrote that as a love song to one of my best friends. He's just a gypsy soul. And someone that I love so much and that I want her to go. And my favorite line in the song is, go and climb your mountains, but you better make it back. You know, <laughs> go do your thing and then see everything on the world and see everything that there is and learn everything that there is. And at the end of the day, 
I pray to God that I am enough, that you still come back to me after you've learned all of those things. And I wrote that as a love song. And just recently in the last week or two, it's just hit me that that song is exactly what God wants to say to us. You know, go and learn everything and do everything and experience life and, you know, go and do everything. And at the end of the day, just come back to me. Just know that I love you. And whether we're far apart or close together or whatever, I love you. And so that's kind of what I just would like to say to everybody. Just go and do your thing. And ultimately, you have to live in the body that you're in. So go and do whatever your heart wants to do. And then at the end of the day, I pray that you come back. I pray that you come back to God. And I pray that you come back to me. And I pray that you come back to your loved ones and all those people who need you. But I just kind of want to encourage you to maybe be selfish for a little while and, and look at yourself and make sure that your heart's good because you will be such an attribute to this world if you are happy. Hmm. Um, I think that we have forgotten our own happiness and we have forgotten what that feels like. So in a long-winded answer, I just want to say I love you and I'm proud of you and I see you and there's a lot of hatred and all those things going on in our world today and there's a lot of anger. And I know personally, I feel angry a lot, a lot and a lot, a lot. So one, find yourself a good gym. Go hit a bag. <laughs> find yourself a Bible and a meadow and no outside influence and just see what he has to tell you. Not what everyone else has to tell you that he's saying, you know, and just find yourself, find God, find love, find good food, all that stuff. I just love you guys. Well, Allie Colleen, thank you very, very much for being with us. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. It's been an honor and a privilege. I very enjoyed it. Everyone out there, you can check out AllieColleenMusic.com. Allie Colleen, until next time, thank you very much. Until next time, Paul, thank you so much. Bop, bop, dealy, bop, bop, ba-doo, bop, zip, not Goodbye.